Welcome to the Money School Podcast for November 24th, 2020. What's going on, everybody? I hope you're having a good week. It's been a while since I've checked in. A lot has happened. The election has come and gone. We have a new president. The current president is still yet to uh, concede, but you know the writing is on the wall there and the market has moved on. We have a pretty clear picture of what we're going to be dealing with. Um, the election results... You know, really, it, the way I interpret them is a rejection of the president, but also a rejection of far left politics. And I think that represents, you know, that came out in a congress, the congressional, you know, the Democrats didn't do as good in Congress as they had hoped, um, but they're happy with the presidency um, and control of the House there. I, I really doubt they're going to get full control of the Senate, um, but we'll see. The two Georgia runoff seats are hugely important, but uh, just planning on that splitting and having a purple Congress, um, I still think that that's a great environment for compromise to happen once we get through this lame duck and we get, you know, some formal inauguration and some, you know, formal capacity for the new administration. I think that there's a lot of positive things going on. Um, Most importantly, uh, the news that came out yesterday and overnight that Janet Yellen is going to apparently be the next um, Secretary of the Treasury. I think that's a great pick. I think she was an awesome Fed Reserve uh, chairman when she was that person or chairwoman. Um, she's always been dovish with lower rates for longer. I think that's what we needed through most of this administration. Um, Trump wasn't willing to be patient with that and wanted to, you know, put Powell in there and pressure him on Twitter to drive rates up. We tried that. We financed a bunch of deficit spending with a ton of sales of, you know, two and five year debt. And those rates blew out and then they collapsed. Now we have COVID and our interest rates are, you know, down with the rest of the world. The rest of the world had gone negative while we were going positive. And, you know, we're going in a different direction from the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department. She's going to have less power from treasury than she would from the fed but she understands that role and i think that she's going to be a nice calming force for a lot of the budgetary stuff and i think she's going to be able to work across the aisle really well and i think she's just a nice calming force for the market and for the economy and for treasury and i think that's part of the reason why the stock market today has hit thirty thousand for the first time um and we're just you know off to the races Interest rates apparently are going to be lower for longer. I think that's better for equities. It's better for housing. Um, We tried to inch up towards 1% on the 10-year, and the market didn't like that. We've kind of cooled off since. Um, And so far, it's just the dollar continues to weaken, and stocks look great. Real estate is booming, um, and gold and silver continue to sell off. So it's been a really interesting move, especially since the election with how our money and interest rates and how, you know, all the trade and tariff stuff that people are assuming is going to change and unwind has a big impact on, you know, the dollar. And right now the dollar is really weakening, which has its own ramifications. But if dollars are relatively cheap and interest rates are low, we're going to see an expansion of debt pretty much everywhere uh, across the planet. We've seen this happen for a bunch of years in a row, and I think that this is just going to continue to happen um, in terms of 
you know, household debt, the balance sheets of Americans have gotten a lot better um, since the the stimulus and bailout, the first CARES Act. Um, Americans' credit went way up. A lot of people used that to refinance their household debt or their credit card debt. Um, and I think that now we're going to see those higher credit scores employ itself, you know, just in, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, people starting businesses and people building things and investing and spending money. Um, even though the economy feels really disconnected, I think there is a new positivity um, with the vaccine and just that we won't always be in this environment that we're in now. And some people are more hopeful than others in terms of what that timetable will look like. But the consensus is, is that we are, there is some light at the end of the tunnel, even though things are pretty dark at the moment and COVID is, you know, feels like it's out of control. And we have holidays coming up that just have a ton of pressure and people are really worried about. Um, But overall, you know, the stock market is going to look past this next couple of months um, into 2021. And what investors are seeing is really positive. Uh, I think the individual and Main Street, we need to be really responsible with our health for the next, you know, two months. But if we can get through that, the the economics and the money looks pretty good. And I think what we're going to get once Biden is officially in there and we know what the Senate runoff races are going to look like, we're going to get a stimulus package and that's going to continue to make the economic, you know, all these small businesses that have gone out of business. It's sad on one hand, but it's just an opportunity for them to pivot and whatever has been lost will either come back or it will regrow in another, another form. And the entrepreneurial environment is the best that's ever been. And I think you're going to see a lot of people that have maybe lost another business get back up on the horse and, uh, you know, keep going. I don't think people are going to stop. I don't think people are going to quit. We're going to keep growing and we're going to recover. And the stock market is saying that if we can kind of hold things together, the money looks pretty good um, and that we're on the right track there. Um, The COVID numbers are, there's a lot. I mean, you can interpret the COVID numbers however you want. I think that we're doing an irresponsible job of managing it. I think we just need to chill out, travel less, wear a mask, be safe, and relax through the winter. I don't think we're going to do that as a society. Um, but I don't think it'll be the end of the world if we don't. So, um, you know, the mRNA vaccines that have come out that have, you know, apparently really high efficacy, the logistics of the supply chain with, you know, those really cold vaccines needing to be transported in the cold chain and all that stuff. They'll figure that stuff out. I mean, that's the easiest part of the whole, uh, logistic. I mean, that's the whole the easiest part of the whole problem. Um, we'll figure that part out, you know, the rest of the world, it'll be more difficult, but in the United States, we'll be able to move those vaccines around and get them distributed when they're available. Um, and psychologically, I think that we're going to, we're, it feels a little bit less intense politically between people. Um, but we'll see. Um, overall, I think there's a lot more positivity out there than there is negativity. Um, and as far as stocks go, the stocks that are selling off are largely the ones that have done exceptionally well and the ones that are doing terrible. I mean, the airlines are up 10% today, um, a lot of them. 
that's good for the country. I don't care what you think about the airlines or that business. I think it's great that there's optimism that people are going to start moving around again. Um, so I think that those, that writing is on the wall. And I think that that is also evidenced by what's happening with gold. There are a lot of ways to look at the value of gold and silver, but the way I look at it is a fear gauge for when people start to feel that the monetary system is either unsafe or destabilized and there's either big inflation or big deflation or swings where they want to protect their money and store their value in some in a hard asset where they can you know not lose the value of all of their dollars and when covid hit and the cares act happened it put a lot of pressure on the dollar and the federal reserve balance sheet and on just the money that the dollars that exist and will be printed over the next few you know really generation drove a huge spike in gold and it ended up hitting highs of just under 2100 uh in September at that same time bitcoin was around 12000 and then over the next month we've really seen a reversal of both of those trades bitcoin went from 12000 to 10000 in September and after that, I mean, it was, it was a move higher to 12K and then it sold off over a month to 10K and based out and has exploded now to 19.5, 19.8. It's almost towards 20,000. The all-time high is 20,600. So we've seen Bitcoin since September just explode. So two months, it's you know, nearly doubled in value. And we've seen gold go from just under 2,100 an ounce to 1,800 an ounce right now and silver is $23 and that crosses about 75 times, you know, gold to silver, which silver has done great. Every time I say silver is done, it continues to rally. I think this metals trade is done. I think the panic around the currency is over. Um, I think Janet Yellen is going to have a less panicked approach towards stimulus and it will be in a way that will be more confidence inspiring than what they did um, with Mnuchin. And I think you're going to see gold continue to really, I, I, I really think that the conditions after Corona for it to panic back high to 2100, I think that that is a long shot. I think that we now have a huge, double top in 2013 I think and now and uh it's going to be really hard for gold to reverse from 1800 and go back up to 2100 again and make highs unless there's just a huge collapse in the government which seems like we're going in the other direction so gold and silver are really interesting how they interact with the dollar and bitcoin are also really interesting to me um bitcoin seems to just be rampaging higher I think the big beneficiary there is going to be Square, who's just selling Bitcoin through the Cash App. They generate a lot of fees there. But um, we're going to digital currency, and it's going to be interesting how the next generation of stimulus and interaction between these fintech companies and governments plays out. And one of the more interesting stories that we've missed over the last couple of weeks was the Alibaba and Ant Financial IPO that was supposed to happen a few weeks ago. Um, this ties into what we were just talking about with um, 
you know, governments and digital money and the next wave of stimulus and how currency is going to be distributed and, and exchanged in the future. And that's all going to be digital. And what happened in China, I thought was really fascinating because the week before Ant Financial was supposed to go public, the biggest IPO of all time, um, and it was going to go public without being listed in the United States. This was really important for, you know, essentially the modernization and liberalization of, of Chinese markets. Um, it makes a huge statement. And the week before this happened, Alibaba's chairman and, you know, founder and he's you know, not the only owner, but Jack Ma, the richest guy in China, came out and made a bunch of comment, uh, comments about revolution and how the microfinance and the lending um, that Ant, Ant Financial provides really creates prosperity and freedom and, you know, all this opportunity. And the leadership in China and the Communist Party and Xi Jinping, literally, it was Xi himself that came out and shut this down. And they just basically paused the IPO, the biggest IPO in the history of the world. And they said, this isn't going to happen um, until you change these reserve requirements and all this stuff. And essentially, it boils down to your money and your income and speech and how your money empowers you to pursue freedom and, you know, all of the, the things that, you know, money is a really complicated um, idea, but really what it does is it provides time and freedom and mobility for you to do the things that you want to do with your life. And when Jack Ma made comments about revolution, um, that doesn't go over as well in China. And even in modern China, where you think that maybe there was some westernization or some, you know, modernization wanting to cash in on this IPO, it still was not worth all of that economic benefit for them to give control over essentially the idea of money and that freedom that it can provide, which is really fascinating. And they just shut the whole thing down and we'll see if they restructure things. They got called in, Jack Ma got called into regulators like immediately after his comments and They've basically made changes that destroys the entire business model of the company. So basically just saying like, listen, you're not going to talk about revolution publicly. This is not what's going to happen. And if it means that we have to destroy this company, then so be it, which we'll see what happens there. But all around the world, these governments are dealing with how they're going to create new money and how they're going to distribute it to people in a way that keeps them peaceful and not rioting. Um, there's experience, experiments going on all over the planet on how this is happening. I think um, that's part of the reason why Bitcoin is exploding is because it's democratized and global. And all of these other currencies can touch it and it's deregulated and it's outside of these kind of controls that can just be you know, people are sick of random decisions or not random decisions, but outside decisions impacting their money in such a huge way that they want more control over it. And 
we're seeing that express itself in a tremendous way with the technology that exists right now. Shifting gears really quick, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the release of the new AMD and NVIDIA hardware, as well as the new PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox release. Um, I'm really interested in those as there's not a lot of consumer demand for a lot of goods, and then the demand for all of these items are just through the roof, and none of them can get the supply right. Um, the excitement has been probably the highest for the PlayStation 5. It seems like um, people are really excited about that. I think people are really starving for community in general, and PlayStation has a strong community offline. Um, I, I personally play... Uh, I, I've played both. I tend... My friends that play PlayStation are more friends in real life. Uh, that's probably anecdotal. Um, but the community seems pretty vibrant on PlayStation, and people have been really excited about that. I think that's going to be a great holiday item. Um, they've just been really hard to get a hold of, like everything else. Um, the new Xbox, there's a lot of people that are loyal to Microsoft. I think a lot of the people that are loyal to Microsoft have now gotten, you know, kind of grown into PC gaming. And you're going to see Xbox and PC gaming kind of turn into one thing. Um, and then your console gamers, I think, are going to probably in this generation go towards PlayStation. Um, there's going to always be Xbox, you know, people out there, but it seems like the enthusiasm gap is, is decent. And then AMD and NVIDIA, everybody that, every consumer that's trying to get, you know, enthusiasts that's trying to get their hands on these chips and these graphics cards are really frustrated. They've been out for weeks or months, but you can't get a hold of any of the NVIDIA graphics cards still. And they range from, you know, 700 to $1,500. They're sold out everywhere. Um, AMD, same thing with their chips that start $300 to $800. They're sold out constantly. You can't get them anywhere. And I think that those were just paper launches where they came out, built demand, gave them to the reviewers on YouTube and whatever, leaked some benchmarks, got people really excited. But AMD and NVIDIA are just trying to liquidate their entire previous generation through Black Friday, through all of their distributors. And you can tell that you can't get the new Zen 3 chips from AMD. You can't get, you know, the Intel chips aren't out yet, but you can tell they're really being promotional with their last generation of chips trying to just get them out the door. And I think that that is a coordinated effort from the manufacturer and distributor to control the market and try to flush the last generation out with promo before you can even buy. They don't want to cannibalize any of those sales by making the new generation available too quickly. I think that's really frustrating. I'm wait, personally waiting on the new 5950X. I'm going to rebuild a new system, um, but you can't get a hold of them anywhere. So I think that that's fascinating how all this new technology has been dropping. Um, people are really excited for all of it, but it's just... You know, as like the the iPhone 12 5G came out, it seems like the excitement for that is almost zero. Um, the new MacBook came out with its M1 chip. It does not use Intel anymore. Um, and the reviews for that have been great. Um, if you follow a lot of the YouTube reviewers, Marcus Brownlee and Linus Tech Tips, you can kind of keep your ear to the ground with a lot of the tech stuff and what the enthusiasts are doing and demanding and what's coming on with a lot of the inventory and advancements and architecture changes and all of that kind of stuff. There's a ton of information available um, and you can 
really educate yourself if you're interested in a lot of the chip space. But uh, I've always loved building computers and I've been a nerd my whole life. I'm interested in this new generation of, of stuff that's coming out, but like everybody else, frustrated that I can't get my hands on it. So um, once we get through Black Friday and they liquidate a bunch of stuff, maybe we'll be able to get our hands on the PlayStation 5s of the world and the rest of the chips. And maybe that'll drive the holiday sales. I think that we're going to have a really tech-heavy and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of Nike.com. I think there's going to be a lot of Lululemon shipments. I think there's going to be a lot of Peloton bikes. And I think there's going to be a lot of video games and a lot of just stuff to entertain yourself, keep yourself active, all that kind of stuff, doing it away from, you know, an office and just doing it wherever. People are bored. They're ready for something new. And I think that starts with technology and that even, you know, as much as people want a Peloton to stay healthy, they want a Peloton because they're bored and they need something to do to work out at home. I think that's going to continue even after a vaccine. I think video games are going to continue to thrive after a vaccine. I don't think that this is some type of COVID only phenomenon. And I think that that's going to continue to drive this new season that we're getting into. I think people need to wrap their heads around the fact that the previous party is over. There's a new party. Everything's going to be okay. It's all good. Not as much changes president to president as people think. And Americans are resilient. Humans everywhere are resilient. And we're going to continue to build cool things. And we're going to continue to pursue our ideas and grow. And that's what's going to make things better on the other side of this vaccine. Some people won't want to take it. I think a lot of more people, I think that that is a quieter voice than a lot of people may think. And if they don't want to take it, they shouldn't be forced to. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of options. And I think that those options and those therapeutics and all of that stuff in combination will allow for a really robust economic boom over the next two years. So I'm really positive on pretty much whatever you could be positive on. So hope everybody has a great holiday. Stay safe. I'm personally opting out of Thanksgiving this year, which it sucks. I know, everybody, it sucks. But we've got to keep our heads down. Let's be safe. Let's get to the other side of this and let's start rebuilding. I think that there's just so much opportunity. It's hard to stay negative for so long. I think people are tired of that. I think people are ready to, they're itching to get to the other side of this and to start growing again. So hope you're having a good week. Thanks for supporting the money school. Everything will be for free. We're doing a big reorganization. Everything will be on natebrantley.com and on my YouTube. You can be a board member on Patreon. It just supports the content, but everything is out there for free. I want it to be available to as many people as possible. Everybody on Patreon, I really support you or I really appreciate your support. Um, it's helped grow this and accelerate this and get it into more people's headphones and on more screens and helping more people. So thanks for your support. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.